in the fall of 1996, uh, I was arrested and had to serve a seven to 20 year jail sentence for some pretty harsh offenses. So one night I had uh, an undeniable urge to attend a church service. Uh, one of the songs they were singing stuck with me and I fell asleep singing the song repeatedly over and over and over until I was sound asleep. What woke me up about 4.30 in the morning, you know, with all cell block lights out, still dark outside, was my, the sound of myself still singing this song softly. And as I came to be awakened slightly, I looked up and it was the presence of the Holy Spirit hovering over in the left side corner of my prison cell. And it was undeniable. It's one of those things where you want to get close to it, but you're kind of afraid at the same time, but beautiful all in the same sense. And I knew right then that life would be a lot different right from that moment. I think that before Jesus, I was just um, really looking to fill everything I felt like I didn't have. I grew up um, in a single family household, but my father raised my siblings and I, and it was hard for my dad raising us. Uh, there was a lot of emotional and physical abuse um, back then, and so a lot of that contributed to my decisions. And as a result of my decisions, you know, events in my life, when I, I left college because I got pregnant um, at 19, and I was terrified, and I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I said, I, I had no friends. Um, I had isolated myself from my family. Um, and so the lie that I believed at that point in life, too, is that I had nowhere to go. I had no one to turn to. And um, I had an abortion, and because of that, my body was messed up, and for years after, um, I couldn't carry a pregnancy. So there was just so much hurt, um, so much loneliness, no valuable connections, no valuable relationships. So I desperately needed, like, I just needed something new. I needed something different. I wanted a new couch. I had been waiting to get new furniture and, and randomly one night at like, nine o'clock at night. I just ran out the door and I'm like, I'm going to get some furniture. That was the job he was working, um, where he brought my furniture to my front door and that's when I met my husband. So while we were dating, a friend of ours um, invited us to attend a church service at Bridge City Church. Uh, the, the first Sunday we did come in to a, a service, we were welcomed in with, with loving arms from the time we pulled into the parking lot. You know, since then, I've been able to willingly take the necessary steps to be an active member, not only seeking out what the church can do for me, but also what I can put back into the church. How can I help? Once we started to attend Bridge City, God just began to work on all of the things that He knew we needed. Like, He just began to really fill those spaces and one of the things I'm really grateful for is the consistency of family. Um, 
the value of relationships in this church. That's the one thing, if I could take anything away and say, how has Bridge City Church helped me? It's by showing me the value of relationships. Reese says all the time, if you sit in the barbershop long enough, you're gonna get a haircut. And so that's what I would say about this church. Um, if you hang around long enough and you just give God a chance, you're gonna begin to form healthy, valuable Christ-centered relationships. And that's where that real work starts, that real healing um, and that sharpening. Let's give God a great big hand for changed lives, amen. I can't believe that God allows us to participate with stories like this. Because this is really what it's all about, isn't it? Amen. All of us come to God broken, beat up, confused, in chaos. Even if you didn't know it, that's the way you came, am I right? Amen. And we all were completely in darkness completely dead. And thank God he didn't look at us as a fixer-upper. He said, I'm not just going to give you, fix you up a little bit and give you some self-improvement. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you get resurrected from the dead. Are you excited about that? Come on, that's what I'm really so excited about. And um, here we are in the one glorious hope for the future. This is part three today, and it's all about um, in unity and being one. And, and so here's our verse that we're going to start with today. And uh, here it is, Ephesians 4, 3 and 4. How many of you all think it's really important to quote the word of God out loud? How many of you are really distracted about what's on the table right now? Thank you very much. Very good. Okay, just, if you just lift up. I can, I can see that. Just look at the screen here for a second. We're going to quote this out loud. Are you ready? Everybody going to say it together. Everybody, here we go. Make Amen. How many of y'all believe that's true? Come on. There's one body. Come on. One, one spirit, one heart, one mind, one purpose. And when we join our lives together for a greater purpose, something good happens. And it's a, it's a glorious hope for the future. It's a glory. Now, that should excite you right about now. Come on. That should excite you that we have a glorious hope for the future. And there's people like Chantel and Reese that now they have a glorious hope for the future. And now you may have never met them, but you may have been here for a while, and you may have been a part of this church. You're a part of that story right now. You're a part of that because there's a heritage that we have together. But God is not only calling us to a time of unity. You know, unity is a time where you link arms, and it is a gift of God given to a group of people to accomplish the mission of God. We link arms and we accomplish something, and then we kind of go home. But I believe that God is calling us to be in complete union with one another, to be in unison together. Now, I'm going to do my best to try to illustrate it like this. How many of y'all like cake? Woo! Amen. How many of y'all like a piece of this cake today? Come on. Okay, y'all better get some plates or something. We're going to be dishing it out here in a minute. So <laughs> you think I'm kidding. <laughs> um, here we go. Okay, but like to, to, to make this cake, it took a lot of individual parts that, that, that got mixed together to become one to create that cake. 
Now, too often, we come to church and we want, we want like the, the final product. We want to serve the Chantal and Reese's of this world. And in Lauren's story that we saw last week, we want that story. We want to serve people. But what we want to do is we want to keep our individuality. Now, to make this cake, what we needed to do, well, what you, had to, you had to combine a whole bunch of ingredients together. You had to, you know, there was, there was flour and sugar, and I didn't want to offend anybody, so I got some almond flour here in case there's anybody gluten-free in the I want to make sure we're equal opportunity servants here. Come on. And there's baking powder and baking soda, and there's, there's sugar and cocoa, and, 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 and oh, have, never forget the butter. Because I've never had a dish yet that had enough butter in it. Come on, somebody, yeah. Anybody with me? Anybody feeling the anointing right about now? Yeah, yeah. But what they had to do is it was, it was only as each individual part lost its own identity and got completely mixed with the whole that something good happened at the end. See, too often we come and we say, well, I have a lot to offer because there's, there's a lot of flour in there. Have you ever had a mouthful of flour? If not, I can give you one right now. We can solve that problem. Come on, just a mouthful of flour doesn't do it. Okay? Um, just, just here, just, just, have a, just have a teaspoon of, 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 of baking soda. Just have a quarter teaspoon of baking powder. Right? Just have some drinking, some raw eggs. See, see, we come together and you bring everything you are, but you have to completely lose your identity for the whole for it to become something good. See, and too often we come to church for self-improvement. I want to be the best butter I can be. Rather than if we want, to, we want to produce something that we can serve to the world and to those who don't know Jesus yet, because that's the reason God put us on this planet. Are you with me? See, see we got to lose ourselves and completely got mixed together, completely in union to produce this cake. And this cake is, is a good cake. How many of y'all like chocolate cake? How many of y'all worried right about now? Thank you. No, see, see, this is what we want to serve, but we got to go through here to get here. And, and, and I guess the question when we talk about unity, here, this is going to be fun. And being in union, it, it's, it's we, th- this is what we get, but I'm telling you, church, we got to take the, the, the unity and being one to a new level. If we want people to have the sweetness of Jesus Christ in their life. See, that's what we need to do. And I believe that's what God's calling us to do. But how many of y'all know that, that each and every one of these ingredients, you didn't put them in in equal amounts? Each one had to make a sacrifice according to their part to play in the whole. Some, flour, there's a lot, or sugar, there's a lot. But the, the, the vanilla is just a wee little bit. But how many of you know each ingredient is equal sacrifice? to the whole. See, that's what this one glorious hope for the future is all about. So we're going to go back to um, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And um, if you bring me some plates, we'll serve you some cake today. Come on, here we go. And uh, yeah, bring them on up. I'm gonna, we're going to have fun. How many of y'all like to have fun in church? And uh, I don't have enough cake. For, well, maybe we should pray over it and let God multiply it. Come on. And um, 
And uh, we'll, we'll God multiply that cake, and, and, and we'll see, <laughs> see if the preacher has faith. Come on. And, um, but in First Chronicles 29, uh, David, and, uh, David was the one. He, David, shepherd boy. Remember the shepherd boy, David, killed Goliath with a slingshot? Oh, that's only half the story. After he killed him with a slingshot, he, he, he cut his head off. Yeah, that's the story we should tell. Come on. And then he became a, a warrior and a king, and he had his in his heart. And he was a man after God's own heart in Acts, it says. A man after God's own heart. And then he also said that he served the purposes of God in his generation in Acts 13. How many of you all would like that as an epitaph on your your tombstone? Come on. Served the purposes of God in their generation (laughs) and then they died. Before we die. Yeah, that's fun. This will be fun. Come on. Where's the ushers at? Come on. Here we go, here we go. Just give it, whoever wants some cake is going to get cake this morning. This is impromptu. This is fun. Come on, come on. Here we go. Come on, who wants some cake this morning? You get cake this morning. We do not have, nobody wants cake. Come on, raise your hand. Come on, we're going to have, we're going to serve up some cake. Come on, here we go. Give them, some people get a, get a fork, some don't. Um, it don't matter. Come on, there we go. Come on, are we still going? Oh, this is fun. How many of y'all think we should have cake every week? Come on, somebody. There we go. Come on, come on. Waste not. not. Come on. Anybody more? Anybody else? Oh, there's more hands up there. Come on. Come on. Get them a cup of coffee, too. Get them some coffee. Get get them some coffee. Very good. There we go. Come on. Very good. Don't mind my thumb. I think it's clean. Very good. Come on. We've got two more. Two more here. There we go. Come on. One more. There we go. There we go. And we'll just leave this one right here just to look good. Come on. How many of y'all are appreciative of that cake this morning? Come on, somebody. And um, did everybody get a cake that wanted one? If not, go out and buy another cake. Come on. We're going to go find another one. So here we go. So what's at, what's, at, what's at stake if we do not, if we don't accomplish what we want to accomplish with our One Vision campaign? Let me tell you what's at stake right now. This is really what's at stake. It's a place where God's word is revered. It's a place where God's glory is revealed. It's a place where God's people are restored. And it's a place where God's plan gets reproduced. See, if you miss this part, it's all about money. See, see it's, all, it's only about money if you miss this. That David wanted to do something so great and so wonderful for God because God's presence in the Old Testament found in a temple wasn't restored and it was in a, it was in a, in a temporary place. Then he said, wait a minute. We got, we, got to get, we got to get a permanent place for the presence of God. And so this is what's at stake, church. And may we not forget that part of it. So in 1 Chronicles 29, David gave an offering. And then in, in 1 Chronicles 29, 6, then the family and the leaders, they gave an offering. They gave an offering. If you look on the, there in 1 Chronicles 29, 6 and 7, their offering was specific. It was intentional and it required faith. That, that's what it did. David gave specific, intentional and faith. The leaders gave that. Leaders gave next. That's what they did there. That's how they gave there. And then in verse 8, they contributed numerous precious stones, and they were deposited in the treasury. And then they gave, at the end there, they gave freely and wholeheartedly, and King David was filled with joy. See, I'm trying to show you a pattern. David gave, and then the leaders gave, 
And then David was filled with joy, okay, because they gave something specific, intentional, and faith. But why were they giving that? God's word, a place where God's word is revered, God's glory revealed, God's plan is reproduced, and people restored to their original intent. That's the purpose. That's the reason there. That's what they did here. Now, I want to let you know, um, my wife and I, we just recently here, uh, actually 10 days ago, celebrated 32 years of marriage. And um, I know everybody claps because they look at me and they say, that woman's a strong woman. Come on. Yeah. She's back serving the kids today. And you know what? We, we were just tallying up some things over the years, over 32 years. Uh, three houses. We lived in three different homes during that time. Uh, five kids. Five kids. That means we had five kids in braces. Somebody say, bless them, Lord. Come on. And um, uh, seven years of football, uh, three years of lacrosse, uh, eight years of baseball, two years of volleyball, dance, like dance lessons. It feels, I, I think the dance lessons are still going on, okay? I think that's happening. Five kids with insurance. Do you know how many co-pays at the emergency room that was? Come on. But I'm going to tell you something. Oh, uh, you know, two minivans or three minivans and two SUVs later. But I want to tell you something. Never once was it a sacrifice. Never once was it, oh man, what a sacrifice. That, that's not the heart of a parent. Where's my parents out there? You don't sacrifice. That's just what you do. Am I right? It's a joy. It's a joy. Now, now I'm not saying I didn't lose the joy every now and then. But I went back and found it. No, but see, but see, I think sometimes we're looking at giving and, and what they gave and how they gave, and we're missing the point. So David gave, and the leaders gave, but then when we find verse 20, then David said to the whole assembly here, give praise to the Lord your God, and the whole assembly praised the Lord. Don't you like when the whole assembly praises the Lord? And honors God. Come on. And he said, they bowed low and knelt before the Lord. That means they, they were humble. They got humble before God. Isn't humility before God a, a good thing? Amen. See, for all these ingredients to be made into a cake here, they have, to, they, have to, they have to submit to the master for something great to be. That's what has to happen. That's what needed to happen here. And then in verse 21, the next day, the next day they brought 1,000 bulls and 1,000 rams and 1,000 male lambs as burnt offerings to the Lord. See, the next day, they all gave. Now, it doesn't matter if you're given gold or rams, silver or lambs, bronze or bulls. See, it doesn't matter what you're giving. The point is, is that we give specific, intentional, and we give with faith. It's, it's freely. It's a wholehearted See, people say, Pastor, you're talking about money. It sounds like all you ever do is talk about money. I says, well, Jesus talked about money more than any other thing. And I'm just trying to be like Jesus. How about you? No, I'm serious. Material possessions. He did. He talked about that. And so I want to I be like Jesus. And I want to help people grow in, as disciples, as followers of Christ. And I need challenged in my life to do that. I, I'm not afraid to say I need challenged in my life. 
So here we have a generosity initiative. I'm just going to go over this real quickly. If you have not received one of these one booklets on the generosity initiative, if you haven't received one yet, could you just raise your hand? We're just going to give you one. We're just going to hand it to you. You can have it. Anybody that does not have one of these. Anybody that doesn't, there we go. Just lift up your hand. The guys are going to come forward. Hopefully you brought yours. We've been asking you to bring it every single week. Whoever brings it every single week with them, we have like a book at club. We're going to give you snacks next week, okay, for everybody that brings there. So if you bring this with you next week, you're going to get some, you're going to get some goodies, okay, and a juicy juice or something like that. Come on. So you got to bring this back. Everybody got one. So, so I'm, I'm just saying this is a generosity initiative above and beyond our regular giving. And, and, we're, and, and we, we love to talk about giving. It's fun. It's 36 months, 36 months of over and above what I regularly give for a purpose to see God's word revered, his glory revealed, his plan reproduced, and his people restored. That's what it's about. It's about a generation because we believe in generations. We want generations to move forward here. So in in here, there's a couple different things in here. You can read through this. You can look at it. But um, towards the end here, I'm not going to read all this. There's a place where it says how to determine your commitment in here. Um, It's back towards the back, about three, four pages from the back. And there's different ways. And I'm just bringing this up here um, as a way we can challenge our own hearts in faith. And we all start not, get, not being a giver, but then, then we move up to occasional giver. We give occasionally, and then we get consistent, and then we take that leap of faith. We grow in our faith, because doesn't God want us to grow our faith? Doesn't God want us to grow our faith? Uh, not just for money. He wants to grow our faith for miracles. Didn't we sing about that this morning? That's why, that's why I got up early and I prayed this morning. I want to see miracles. I want to see, I want to see more stories being told. And then we, we go from tithing 10%, we go to generosity. But I want to focus on step two, which is at the bottom of the same page in here, the bottom of the same page. Three questions you have to ask yourself. What, what do I have? What can I give up? And what can I believe God for? See, in two weeks today, we're going to be asking these questions. The ushers are going to pass out to you a card. Everybody's going to get a card right now. They have them all counted out. They know exactly where they're going. Everybody's just going to get a card. You're not filling this out today. You can just take one. You can you just hold on to it. Just take. I'm just going to ask you to hold on to this card. I want you to see it. I want you to feel it. Um, and uh, everybody just t- get, gets one. And, and do you know one of the reasons why we're giving you this card right now, two weeks in advance? Because we don't want you to give an emotional response. We don't want you just to do something out of emotion. We want you to do something that you prayed about, you heard God, you've processed, and you challenged your faith. And so in two weeks, we're going to be getting together. We're going to be collecting these cards, and everybody's going to bring one. My wife and I, we've been, we were talking this morning again about it. We were talking this morning again, like, okay, where's our number? Where are we going to land? We've just approached this as there's nothing God could ask us that would ever be too hard or too difficult. Whatever you ask God, we're going to do. And we're going to challenge our own faith. See, I'm just asking you to challenge your faith. You to ask Jesus what he thinks. And you're going to bring this card with you in two weeks. 
when we meet together in the evening at five o'clock. We're not having church on Sunday morning. We're gonna meet at five o'clock. All four locations coming together. There'll be children's ministry. There's gonna be uh, kids ministry. They're, 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 each, each of the kids, they're gonna get a t-shirt. They're gonna, you know, we're gonna be, be blessing them. And then we're gonna have some food together afterwards. And we're gonna celebrate. But we're having church that day. And it's gonna be a great, great time. But this is the card we're asking you to pray about. So you're going to take this home with you. You're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to say, am I going to give weekly or monthly? Am I going to give quarterly? Am I going to give yearly? In addition to your regular gifts. I want to let you know that in 39 years as a church, I want to say this again. We've never taken money that was given for one thing and used it on something else. 39 years. We've never received missions money and used it on the building. We never received building money and paid salaries. Never did that. And I want to brag on the faithful people at Bridge City Church. I want to brag on you. This is not bragging on me. It's bragging on you. I'm one of the only pastors I know that have never gone without a paycheck for a week or two weeks or three weeks. Every, every pastor I know, they've, they've made huge sacrifices like that. But you know what? Because of your regular giving, that's never happened. And I just wanted to say thank you. I just want to say thank you because that's what kind of faithful people have moved up from occasional to consistent to tithing to generous. And I just want to say thank you. That's not a testimony to me. That's not my story. That's the story of the great people that are a part of this church. And so when you become a part of the movement and you become a part, that's what kind of joy and free, free, wholehearted, joyful, cheerful giving that we're a part of. That's what we do. Everything is fair game. Now there's this book that we've asked you to, um, there's stuff all over my, um, I, got, I got chocolate everywhere, come on. And um, there's a book, The Treasure Principle, how many of y'all started reading The Treasure Principle? How many of y'all read that book or started it? Thank you. If you have not, you don't have this book, we want to give it to you. We want to give you this book. And I'm asking you to read it. I'm asking for you to just read the book as a devotional. Um, there's a quote in here. As a matter of fact, this is the deal. You know, October is um, Pastor Appreciation Month. And so uh, this is, since, it's, since I'm the pastor, I think I should get to decide what we're going to appreciate. <laughs> How many of y'all think that's an okay idea? Come on. And um, matter of fact, the, the best thing you could ever do for me is read this book. I'm being honest. I'm, just, I'm shooting straight with you. If you want to bless me, get a free book that we'll give you and just read the book. Somebody just told me this morning that they're looking up every verse in here that's filled with the word of God, filled with, filled with the word. So I just want you to get filled with the word and I just want you to read the verse. How many of y'all would like to appreciate your pastor. See, that's a trick question right there. Come on. Yeah. And um, so we're going to give you a book. You just stop in the back and they'll give it to you. And, and here's, here's a, here, I love this quote. I love this quote. It says, you could never pay givers enough to convince them not to give. Do you really, do you, you see, when somebody becomes a giver, you couldn't pay them to stop. You couldn't pay them because it's a joy. I've seen the fruit of it. Now, see, I'm serious. Like, like do, do you know that, that there's atheists that tithe because they know it works? How many of y'all have enough faith in God to not be outdone by an atheist? 
No, no, I'm asking a real question. This is a real question. This is a real exchange here because it's such a joy. Why wouldn't I want to do that? And as a church, people have said, Pastor, we, there's people here, you, you really shouldn't talk about money, it'll offend them. It's such a joy, why wouldn't I want you to have joy? We offered you chocolate cake. Wasn't that a joy? Right? Well, then why wouldn't I want to say, this is a joy, this is fun, this is, this is excellent. Uh, so, that, so we're not going to apologize for that treasure principle there. And so that's what I'm asking you to do. To stay in the book. Keep reading it. And here we go. Now let's look at the New Testament. So Pastor, that's in 1 Chronicles 29. But now let's go to the New Testament. I'm going to read to you a couple things here. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9. Here we go. The apostle Paul is writing a letter to, the, to a church in Corinth. So he's writing a letter. He's writing a letter here. And in verse 6, remember this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a... Will get a... You must decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Here we go. So this is it. In the New Testament here, we see this. We see generously, willingly, and cheerfully. So when we give of our time, when we give of our talent, when we serve somebody else, we want to give generously. We want to give willingly, and we want to give cheerfully. But I don't know about you, I don't want to find out what the bare minimum to get by is. See, I tried that once in high school and it didn't go over real well. What's the bare minimum to get by? How many of you that are married, that, that you have approached your spouse and you say, hey, let's, let, let, how about we get married? I just want to know what's the bare minimum I can do to get by. How many of you ever done that in your relationship? Hey, Hey, babe, I'm just thinking, you just tell me what the, the lowest level is and let me just try to hit that. How many of y'all sound, that doesn't sound like 32 years of good marriage, come on. Am I right? But many of us do, we, we get in relationships and, with God and we're trying to find out what the bare minimum is rather than finding out what's generous, what's willing, what's cheerful, what pleases God. And, and going back two weeks ago, if you didn't hear that message, go on our website. It's all about faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it's, it's about faith. See, and so I don't want to live in the bare minimum. I want to live in what does God want of us? We believe at Bridge City Church in equal sacrifice. It's an equal sacrifice because it's a joy to give. And we love equal sacrifice. We love these things. That's what we do. That's who we are. See, the people of this church, the, the Chantel and Reese's and the Lawrence and everybody else here that's a part, you're just as, you're just as in as I am. Oh, I, I go first and the leaders go first and then everybody else gets to go. Isn't that fun to be a part of a church like that? <laughs> Come on, isn't that fun to be a part of a church like that? Come on. No, see, see, that's how it works. When every part loses its own identity for the betterment of the whole. So now let's go to Acts chapter 4. In Acts, when it was written, many translations say the book of Acts is Acts of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's how many people, in many translations, you look in your Bible, it won't just say Acts, it'll say Acts of the Holy Spirit or Acts of the Apostles in some translations, either or. 
But how many of y'all want to get back to seeing some acts of the Holy Spirit? Come on. That's where I, see, that's where I want to go now. But I, then I, I, want to, I want to link it biblically here to take a look at, at, at this deal here in Acts chapter 4, 31. Acts 4, 31. Do you know what was happening right here? They were threatened, don't talk about God anymore. They were threatened, stop talking about Jesus. Listen, I've made it really clear. At this church, we are not going to stop talking about Jesus. Are you with me? I told you, if they, they, anybody tries to shut us down, we're going to go find somewhere to meet. You may have to meet us in the middle of the woods in February to worship Jesus. Who's in? How many of y'all want to know how far in the middle of the woods are we going? Come on. Come on. No, I'm serious, but... but is that in defiance? No. It's because we know that our lives joined together create something great. Amen. See, you've got to have that revelation that our lives being joined together in full sacrifice and joy and willingly create something great. That's what we get. So, and when they prayed, in verse 31, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the, and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So, number one, their response, they prayed, and the Holy Spirit showed up, and the Holy Spirit showing up was what they spoke the word with boldness. They didn't defend their political party, they spoke the word of God with boldness. Are you with me? They didn't judge everybody. They helped everybody go from darkness to light, from death to living. Okay, and they spoke the word with boldness. And on Thursday night, I want to invite you this coming Thursday, we're all going to get together. Uh, whoever so will, come on a Thursday night, church-wide prayer event, um, 7 o'clock at North Braddock. And people say, that's a long way to drive for prayer. And I'm very convinced you've driven a lot farther for a good meal. So it won't hurt you to drive there. Come on. Come on. No, I'm serious. I, like, like, let's go. Let's, let's make it happen. Are you with me? Amen. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray and believe God for, for a miracle. That's what we sang about this morning. We were worshiping God saying, I still believe in miracles. I do. And I want to stir that up. So they prayed and they spoke the word with boldness. And then they went on here in verse 32. And now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of these things that belonged to them was their own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on them all. Okay? So, so first of all, they, they not, I don't own anything. I don't, it all belongs to God. And then the apostles were giving testimony of the resurrection of Christ. Are, are you tracking me here? Am I right? Okay, so there was, there was power going on here. Great grace was on them all. Then there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them, and they brought the proceeds of what was sold. See, this is a spiritual, this is spiritual here. This, this word for one heart, that means they were in sync. That means they were in tune with one another. That, the word, Greek word for one soul means that they breathed spiritually together. 
There is a power when God's people breathe the same thing spiritually. No, no, you're not, you're not getting me. No. There is a power of heaven that comes when God's people breathe spiritually together. See, 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 there comes a point where we can't just receive the word intellectually. It needs to pierce my heart and bring a change in my, in my obedience, in, in, in my attitude, in my actions. Are you with me now? See, I want to I I I breathe the same thing spiritually together. I want to breathe the same thing. Because in, in 1 Chronicles 29 and in Acts chapter 4, it was the same mission but a different manifestation. In that, the temple was a place you had to go to get sacrifices, that the temple was the place you had to go get right with God. God's created us to be the temple of God, our lives joined together. Are you with me? The same spirit that it was in the Old Testament, I showed you, is in the New Testament. The same spirit. Our lives being joined together. But how many of y'all know it's nice to have a building that's heated in the winter and has air conditioning in the summer? A couple people are with me there. Thank you. No, no, see, see, I'm, see, I'm trying to help you, church. I'm trying to help you that what we're reading here in Acts chapter 4 is not just a description of what happened. I believe it's a prescription of what we need to do to see more of the grace of God happen. You, you, you see, it's not just, I think we, we look at this and say, oh, this is just a nice little Bible story. It's a nice little tale of what happened. You know, this isn't that. I believe it's a prescription that when people, God's people cry out, there's a great testimony of the resurrection of God, and there's a testimony of his power that happens, and then more grace comes upon them, and more stories can be told about the grace of God touching people's lives. Are you with me? Isn't that what we long for? Isn't that what we long for? That's what I long for, and that's what I want you to long for. That's what I want us to long for. And that's what we have to, but, but, but it's not just, see, see, this is it, this is it. To see this happen, we gotta get out of our self-improvement gospel mode. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is not about self-improvement. Last I checked, it's about, it's about self-denial. It's about discipline. It's about obedience. See, am, am I right? See, we, we want, I, I want to be a better me. How many of you know that you don't need, God doesn't want you to be a better you. God wants to create a new you out of you. A new creation spiritually speaking. Are you with me? How many, that's what you long for. That's what you want. See, that's what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of, so, so we got to get out of this mode and we got to get out of, uh, out of like, oh, I just, I just want some more improvement. I just want to get smarter with the Bible and I want you pastor to do it. No, I can't do it for you if you can't get out of bed in the morning and read the Bible. I love you. Amen. Pastor Rick loves you. You might have to tell yourself that a couple times today. But when you do that, something begins to change. How many of you have received that change? Am I right? 
See, that change is what brings it. That change, change and transform. But unfortunately, we have a lot of counterfeit Christianity going on, which counterfeit Christianity is that we have just enough of Jesus to call ourselves a Christian, but not enough evidence to convict us. How many of y'all would like to have enough evidence to get convicted of being a Christian? <laughs> Am I right? See, that's where I want to live. That's where I believe miracles live. That's where I believe, believe revival lives. That's what this is about. This is about a generation and about young people and kids and, 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 and growing up to fear and know God. But if all you're trying to do is to get, get, get to be better bleached flour, I can't help you until you pour yourself out for a, for, for a bigger purpose. Because that's what, we're, that's what we're in it for. See, what we do and what we're building is spiritual. That's why we're here. And my, my money is tied to my heart. Are you with me? That's, listen, people, all of our small groups right now are doing the same discussions. Why are we doing that, Pastor? I'm going to tell you why. Because we're, we need to breathe spiritually together. It's not a perfect plan. I haven't ran into a perfect plan yet because every time I'm involved with it, it's not perfect anymore. Am I right? But I'd rather do everything we can to be of one heart, one mind, one soul, one purpose because we have one glorious hope for the future rather than focus on my individuality and lose the purpose of becoming great with something else. Are you with me? See, if we miss this church, see, this isn't just a good idea. See, what you're reading here isn't a good idea. I believe it's a God idea. So the real question is, you're going to have to ask yourself, is this just a good program or is this God himself building faith and challenging us to see more lives change and create a place where God can be honored? That's the question. And together, that's what we're learning and we're challenging ourselves. How many of y'all, I want you to bring this with you, bring this with you, because there's three things we're asking. There's three things we're asking. We're three things we're asking. I want you to come back. I want you to be here next week. I want you to be here next week and bring, read this. If you haven't read it, if you haven't read the stories, I want you to read it. And I want you to look at it. I want you to look at the history. I want you to be a part of a movement, not just a program. Are you with me? But I want you to be open. Say, God, whatever you want to do with me. God, let me see the way you see and, and be the way you want me to be. But then next, I want, you to, I want you to be here. I want you to be open, but I want you to be there on November 7th at 5 o'clock in the evening. We're not having church in the morning, but we're going to come together. We're going to have church. We're going to worship God. We're gonna, there's going to be preaching. We're going to present those cards together. We're going to watch God do something great for generations. Are you with me? How many of y'all are excited about what God's going to do? Come on. Come on. Why are we doing this? So God, so God, that verse you had up, um, Ephesians 2, 7. So God would point to us in future generations. Oh, man. This, in all future ages, as examples of his incredible wealth, of his grace and kindness towards us. 
not what I can do, but God, that you'd point to me as a result of your grace and kindness, of your grace, of your incredible wealth and your grace and kindness. Are you with me? So this is the, the last thing I'm going to give you here. 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 1. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with one another. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Let nothing be ripped apart. Let nothing be divided, which is rend, tear. That's what that word means. And, and united means like bones that are fractured and bones that are, are separated or are, 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 are put back together. And, and the dislocated getting grafted. Oh, man. Many people here... Um, If you're a single person in your household, you're going to have to ask God what he wants you to do over the next 36 months. But if you're a family, you're going to have to pray. My wife and I, we've been preparing this for 18 months, actually. We've been preparing this moment. God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to do it? I'm challenging our faith. Bringing that card and saying, God, I'm all in. But I want... I want to be of one heart, one mind, one soul, one spirit. Could you stand to your feet with me this morning? And um, if you're here this morning, we're going we're gonna to respond to the word that we just heard. And we're going to sing and we're going to worship God. And in our song, we're going to ask God for revival. And we're going to say, let it start in me. How many of y'all would like some revival to start in you? Uh, I mean, many of us are saying, I'm waiting for revival. And I think God's saying, I'm waiting on you. I want to lose myself, whether you're sugar, cocoa, eggs, salt, any of the ingredients. I just want to lose everything I am and in myself for this purpose. Are you with me? And whatever God you want to do, God, are you with me? But if you're here today and you don't know for certain that you would go to heaven if you die, if you were to die today, and I'm not wishing that anything about it, but if you were to die today and you were to stand before God, and you don't know that you would spend eternity with God, I want to let you know heaven and hell are real and we take this serious. I believe that. We believe that as a church. And because we believe that so emphatically, I can't close without saying this. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you don't know for certain that you would spend forever in eternity with God the Father, only by what Jesus Christ did on the cross and dying on the cross for you and providing forgiveness of sin. That's the only way in is forgiveness of sin, what Jesus Christ has done. And you don't have a date or a time when you said, God, forgive me. And you don't have a date where you said, God, lead me into my future. That's, a, that's another way of saying Savior and Lord, forgiver and leader. Then I want to offer you that. 
And so before we sing about revival, I got to stop right now and make sure everybody in the house knows for certain and that you have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. So Holy Spirit, come now and illuminate hearts. Holy Spirit, come now and reveal open spiritual eyes. Holy Spirit, come now and convict with your words. Holy Spirit, come now and illuminate the word of God, convict of sin, and lead us to the Father. Do what you do best, Holy Spirit. And if you're here today, and you would like to make today your day, that you begin that relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. I just want you to just real simply just raise your hand. We'll pray for you. Just raise your hand. Just if that's you today. Anybody at all here today, just say, you know, that's me today. I got to make today my day. Anybody at all? Anybody? Thank you, Jesus. Anybody at all? Thank you, Jesus. Don't want to miss that opportunity. I want to thank you for every person here right now. And I pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, that next week and the week after and the week after that, there's going to be so many stories, more Chantels and more Reese's and more Lauren's and more stories, just like the people in this room, God, of changed and transformed lives. God, that Bridge City Church would be a place where God's word is revered. Hey God, that this would be a place your glory revealed. Hey God, a place where your people are restored. And God, would you do this as your plan is reproduced in others, God. God, would you do that, Father? And we say, start in me. So right now, in Jesus' name, if you're here, we're gonna worship God to a song. We're not done, we're not done yet today. But if you want to just come up front, listen, and you're, and you're saying, if you'd come up front and just say, I'm just responding. I want revival to start in me. I want Holy Spirit revival to start in me. If that's you, I want you to move out of your seat. Just come on up front. We're going to worship God to you. That's all you're saying. You're just going to say, I just want to worship one heart, one mind, one soul, one spirit. Just move out of your seat. Come on down. Just come on down. All you're saying is God revealed. Come on, God, come on. Revival started me. Come on, revival started me. Come on, revival, start on me. Where's my men at? Men of God, I'm challenging you to be the leaders in this situation and say, come on, man, this isn't a feminine thing. We're not gonna be, we're not waiting for others. We're gonna say just, that's all you're saying is revival, start in me. God, create something so clear that your glory is revealed. Come on, just as Pastor Eric asked you to raise your hands, just raise your hands right where you are. Just say revival start in me. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. 